Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting rehearsal this week, and we know everyone is going back to school. We will find out what made Trevor say... Really resilient, really resilient students, um, really really resilient band kids, because I mean, they're really resilient human, human beings just because... And why Whitney said... The kids that were in my first middle school guard are like now getting into sophomore, freshman, junior year, and it's like... You can really tell a difference. All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. Labor Day is over and now the real labor begins. It's the beginning of the fall marching band season. All across the country, high school and college bands are beginning their season, having their first football games, and we will soon be beginning that competition season, both big and small. So let's see who's on the sideline. Hey, Steven. Hello, Jackie. Having a tough time hearing you because my ears are still ringing from band camp, but <laughs> it's been fun. I'm excited to talk to you tonight. You look a lot more perky this week than you were last week <laughs> after uh, those band camp hours. <laughs> yeah, I was dead. I, uh, I came back to life. You've caught the second coming of me, but I, uh, <laughs> I died and I'm back. Well, and speaking from coming back from the dead, uh, we have Trevor. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hey Jackie. I'm just wiping the sweat away. And we, we learned a whole bunch of drill sets in our in our band camp that just wrapped up, stretching out my muscles, getting back into the, into the, uh, normal school season that just started. A few days ago, and it's great to be back speaking with all of you on on a water break. So excited to talk to you here in a second. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. I feel like I haven't gotten to talk to you in months. <laughs> oh man, it's it's, just, it's like MIA. You gotta we gotta have like a <laughs> Trevor with the cartoon character now run across the screen during a preview, like like on the milk carton. So you gotta <laughs> on the milk carton. <laughs> missing. Have you been, Trevor? Yeah. Have you seen this man <laughs> last spotted at Western Carolina <laughs> University? <laughs> I'm sure we can get some kind of graphic set up. <laughs> good to see well, you guys. I miss you. There may be more joining us as we go. And uh, just saying, if any of our staff are late, I really just, they need to bring us some Starbucks because I could use that uh, pick-me-up. This is going to be a great panel to have this discussion, though, because we are all from different sides of the activity and different areas of the country. So we're back to school. And how are you guys feeling about the start of your season? I feel pretty good. We uh, we just put uh, put out like show differently this year at my high school than we normally do. So we're trying to push as far ahead visually, essentially, as quickly as we can. So music still coming together we're still fleshing things out i have bass drummers learning drill sets that are like they have no clue what's happening they've never even played the music that's coming here oh, wow. but we're getting so much of the show done so quickly that i think they're going to have such a long time to actually be able to focus in and perfect what they're doing that i i kind of really like this like new method we've been trying uh how far along did you guys get yeah, we, um, you know, we do our show in four movement, you know, kind of stages. And so the objective here um, for us at, at, at WCU is always to learn our pregame show, be able to march it and play it. We check that box and to also learn um, the opening movement of our show um, be, and be able to march and play it and to premiere it at the first football game. Our opener is a little bit longer than a typical college band um, opener. Um, it's a little bit over three minutes of music and drill, and it's about 36, 38 pages of drill. Um, so it's pretty challenging, um, but our students have handled it well. We caught a really good break, uh, Stephen, with, like, the weather. Um, mm. It's kind of been hot just consistently throughout the South, as you guys can probably attest to. Um <laughs> 
But yeah, I was actually pretty close to you recently. How close is Western Carolina to Asheville? Uh, one hour away, exactly. Yeah, I was just down there, and it's gorgeous. I, I believe it. If you've had weather like the last weekend all summer long, yeah, it's, it's been, awesome. It's been it's been really great. So we we've caught um, some good luck there, and uh, yeah, now we're just continuing to push forward. The students are doing a really uh, great job, and I'm I'm super excited. Uh, for the fall marching band season, for sure. I kind yeah, of so like, you guys... Here, kinda, go ahead, Jack. I kind of feel like my kids are, like, the babies compared to everybody's talking about their big schools and their big band camps, and I'm like, my little color guard of seven people. <laughs> uh, but honestly, this is probably going to be the best season that they have had in a really long time. We only have two complete rookies this year and even though they're technically rookies they're like both of them have some experience with spinning like prior to joining our team so we've got really experienced crew for our little our little small town uh small town color guard small town marching band i'm really excited to see they picked up the choreography so fast and their instructor is like over there malia is cleaning it and I know she's just going to make them look sharp, so I'm pretty excited to see how it looks. They actually had their first show last Friday, which will be like two Fridays ago by the time this comes out. But, uh, yeah, they had their first football game, and and their costumes aren't even in yet, so we got to get on that. Wow. That's awesome. I feel like I was not competing or performing until, like, well into September when I was in high school. Feels like you guys are just like just hitting the ground running. We start school way too early here. <laughs> I, I was, oh, okay. Like I, was to, I was talking to a friend about that the other day, how it seems like these competitions are getting closer and kind of starting in the beginning, middle part of September. Yeah. I think when most of us was on this interview, like we weren't used to starting contests until that first week of October. It's, but it seems October, to be getting closer sure. and closer and closer and into September. It must be very stressful for the current high school band directors out there. Uh, so we encourage you just to hang in there and, and do the best <laughs> you can. And <laughs> more, more blessings to every one of you who are listening here. And congratulations. So what was some of your guys' biggest challenges at band camp this year? I can go ahead and jump off. Um, I think tacking on to what we were saying, it's been difficult memorizing when we just go so quick. We're mm-hmm. trying to really just move fast and learn a lot. And I think it, it kind of it makes it tough for, for the kids to learn the details of, uh, of all the different music, all the different movements. Our kids do a really great job. Um, but we're going to have to spend time really honing in and perfecting and like filling in the details, especially musically on things that we've just been like getting out there as quick as we can. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, I think, you know, just getting, and we know we have an expectation of they have to, you know, get the music under their fingers quickly because a visual program is such a challenge. So, um, they're very very strong visual performers this year, especially our new new folks who are joining uh, the band program. But the the musical uh, expectations of getting those notes under their fingers uh, very quickly has has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, it's one that they're trying to rise to, but it's always mm-hmm. it's always a daunting task to see that many notes on the page and yeah. realize you have to move and do it too. It's, not just band it's marching band so (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. and i have to imagine at the collegiate level too like for many of these kids it's going to be way harder music than they're accustomed to playing i would think at least for the majority yeah i would i would say that's a really accurate statement Um, yeah they have to learn more faster and more difficult than they're accustomed to especially if you're a rookie too like a lot of the movement isn't it's it's like so you learn your marching basics but you're not just marching anymore like there's so much Mm -hmm. i i know especially with us we're like really like focusing on those body visuals you know and all of the movement the supportive uh work that you have to do underneath with your basics in order to get those movements to be fluid to get those movements to be together 
you know, and uh, with the color guard, you know, I always do some dance training with them, but their mm-hmm. show is a lot more heavily danced this year than it has been, I feel like, the last few years. And, you know, we have a whole situation where we put the flags down and they dance on top of these benches at one point. So it's like they're doing all that. And then the band is like holding their horns down or putting their horns down and like basically dancing essentially on the field. And it's just yeah. so much. Yeah. Let, I mean, let the, just kind of piggyback on that, Jackie, like, I think another challenge would be like having them be proactive about the, their like self care of like their bodies. Mm, like, right. Yes. Make, sure, make sure that they hydrate, yes. making sure that they're mm-hmm. stretching, uh, make sure they're eating like three balanced meals, you know, doing <laughs> that band camp and not just, you know, giving any of those things away. Like how important it is to take care of your bodies doing this rigorous like activity. Right. Um, one, one thing that we do, like as a band program, we invite, invite uh, Marching Health in. Do you guys, are you familiar with Marching Health? Yes, yeah. I love Elliot. Yeah, so Dr. Elliot, <laughs> Elliot, Dr. Elliot Cleveland, who's amazing. If you ever heard of Marching Health, like look them up, folks. Invite them to your school. They do like Zoom, you know, um, they do Zoom classes and, and they actually come to your uh, place live. Mm-hmm. Great opportunity to make sure that your band is in shape they have a, a great physical education program visual program to hate make sure that your students bodies are well taken care of throughout the season so we're in that program so that's very helpful for the for for my students to be able to be engaged in that throughout the entire season but they have to constantly be reminded to you know take care of their body so that that is one of the kind of major challenges making sure that they're they're physically able to do the thing so yeah yeah and i think it's a little it's a little difficult sometimes for college students too because many of them are not interested in taking good care of their bodies they're gonna (laughs) do everything but that never Uh, no (laughs) anything like me or my group of friends we'll do everything except take care of our bodies from the ages to 18 to 22 so you gotta (laughs) definitely uh preach the good word there I actually, uh, since you were talking about programs doing so much dance, I would love to call our producer Jeremy out of the dark depths of mute. Um, Because (laughs) our high school that we teach together, actually, I think we've prioritized visual for several years before I've even gotten here. And I can tell that the uh, our students, even though they're just high school students, are very strong visually many more so than they are musically even not to knock them they're just very good dancers and movers jeremy what how did you build that sort of a program and like maybe what's your advice to other band directors (laughs) well thank you i that's a lovely little compliment there coming Mm -hmm. from a world-class drummer just you know (laughs) just aging out and all of that kind of stuff Um, um no i mean it's a culture that got built there and you know, the band director and I were even talking that one of, you know, one of the challenges we didn't have this year, you know, talking about, you know, maybe leading into, you know, the next thing we were talking about being surprised by is that our kids are finally all completely 100% buy into mm-hmm. what is being asked of them. You know, it takes three or four years to get rid of that last kid that was doing it that old way, you know, and yeah. sort of transitioning over. So it's, you know, it's it's a challenge, of course, um, but with this year being like so such a such a show that I knew exactly what it was going to be, mm-hmm. um, it made it the kids just be able to buy into it so quickly, and they they honestly do move some of them, a lot of them better than even the color guard does. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're being honest, they really do. So, and I mean, that's not uh, color guard. A large number of them move better than people that I knew in DCA or sometimes even DCI as far as drummers go. Um, I just think that especially on the East coast where we're from, it's like uncommon to have a culture of good visual movement if you're not in the color guard. Um, and it's super weird to me too, that you do have to build it up or it's possible to even build it up over multiple years. Cause I can totally see how you get one kid who is a freshman to be good over the length of several years. But the weirder part is that once you get and you build those good upperclassmen, the freshmen that come in just get it. Yeah, it's true. Like they don't learn a bad habit. Most of the time they can just 
get up to the level. Some the of the freshmen, freshmen that we got, superior. The freshmen they're better. Superior. Many they're, of the freshmen are better than the seniors. Way, way. <laughs> but there's also, I mean, to be fair to the generation that we're now teaching, mm-hmm. they they really um, just embrace everything about everything. Mm-hmm. They're just very, it's just a very open generation to teach. There isn't like, oh, this is too masculine or this is too feminine or this is too, like, it just is. And they just do it and they just don't care. Like, it's just not a care in the world. So, yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. All right, I'll jump out. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop us right now and ask because Whitney is here. Did you bring us Starbucks? Whitney. I didn't have time. No, I was trying to back and serve uh, So no, I I skipped all of the fast food places. It was hard. <laughs> a likely story. So we're talking about Bandcamp since you're just jumping in on the conversation. And our next question is, what is something that has surprised you at your Bandcamp this year? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of am with you guys. You were just talking about like how the freshmen are, are pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm now starting to see um, some, I guess, increase of, of like knowledge and skill level because of my middle school guard, like mm. the kids that I started, like when I started at Round Rock, the kids that were in my first middle school guard are like now getting into sophomore, freshman, junior year. And it's like, you can really tell a difference. Um, and awesome. had some have, have a handful of freshmen that are honestly some of my best kids. Aww. Like because they were in the middle school guard and they did they did it for a few years. And we had a um, we also have a JV band that's not super popular uh, every, everywhere, but we do. We're like I think we're the only one in Central Texas that has a JV band. Um, hmm. And last year for the first time. We had a JV guard with that as well, which was like an insane amount of work for me, but it was yeah, it was good. And I'll, it was like mostly middle school kids. So I had middle school kids doing marching band. And so now that they're in high school, they're awesome. And I have like a bunch of awesome eighth graders too that have like four or five seasons of color guard already as eighth graders. So um, I'm not really worried about the the future, just trying to get more more kids, but band camp was hot. Um, I think we just had the first Danny. I think we just had the first two days where we didn't surpass a hundred degrees. And it it felt like fall. Like it was like 97 and we were like, hallelujah. Like it was, (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy hot. Uh, Real quick before we get moving on with it, do you guys, uh, is there like overlap between the varsity and the JV band? Because like that just sounds like you would need so many students to Um, be able to like prop up two good bands. We do have a lot of kids. That's why I think they started the the JV band like 10 Mm -hmm. or so years ago. Um, There's like, I think there's like 90 kids in the JV band this year. And Uh we're not doing the JV color guard um, this year. Um, but yeah, there's about, I think around 80, 90 in the JV band and the varsity's wow. like two fifty or something. Wow. Like I, we have, mm-hmm. we have a lot of kids, but the school is huge. We have like 3,600 kids in the school or something, maybe closer to 3,900. So like there's a, it's a big school and we have a lot of feeders. So yeah. I'm used to schools of yeah, like it's... 400 kids in the whole school. That, that band program would be my entire school. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I only graduated with like 188, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they at the football games they switch off. So, um, like the next two weeks, the JV band is going to perform at halftime, and then so we alternate. Which you know, there's there's give and take to that. Like to give the high schoolers a a little bit of a break, they don't have to perform at every single game. We also go to all the away games too, so we Mm -hmm. we do a lot of football, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the biggest surprises that that we've kind of experienced here uh, with the college band that I'm at, and I've talked to other some of my other college band friends around the country, whether it's at 
you know, Washington State or LSU or the University of Texas, El Paso. And they've all kind of given me the same feedback that I'm kind of experiencing here at Western, that the class of 2027 graduating class, incoming freshman class this year, was supposed to be smaller and was supposed to be their talents were supposed to be, quote unquote, less in less than because they have experienced the COVID shutdown the most. Like they mm-hmm. had yeah. the, the last few years, they they felt it the hardest. As you as we all know on this call, like most programs across the country, like saw like a drop off, like in 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 participation among their membership um, when COVID hit, anywhere from like eighteen to thirty percent. Like people wow. just those programs were just disappearing, so that means the kids who are coming into this year's freshman class, class of twenty twenty seven, those are the kids who are really stuck with it through thick and thin, um, with not a lot of training, with just Zoom lessons, you know, for a couple mm-hmm. years, and you know how talented were they going to actually be, like how socially engaging were they going to be to other students because they had a couple years taken away from them where they got to quote-unquote, be real band students, you know, how all our band kids are. Um, So it's really a a surprise, you know, to me and to all my other friends that we saw enrollment actually increase, like, at some of these big, bigger and medium-sized institutions, that the talent level of these students, it wasn't a drop-off in the last two previous classes. So that was very encouraging. So kudos to you students who hung in there, class of 2027, and really showed up ready to work at your college uh, band programs because I'm talking to my college band friends, and we really noticed. So congratulations. Good good job to the band directors who really hung in there and kept their programs together because the the students um, of this class really showed up. So bravo. And I I will tell you, Trevor, it's so interesting that you say that being the university and asked your friends or whatever. I teach a university here um, in southeastern Pennsylvania, a very small university, but has a decent marching band. I call it like the best little band in, you know, the the mid-Atlantic because it's a small school. But we have really great instructors and a really great staff. So we, we gather really well, really dedicated kids to band. They just happen to be like the engineers and the nurses, you know, that's the school, right? So it's all engineers and nurses that want to be in band. So, but, but I have also seen an increase in my numbers in the, in the band. Um, It's not, I mean, it's, it's a big deal that we're going from six in the color guard to nine. Like I've been at six in the color guard for a while for this tiny little school. And now we're at nine plus a feature twirler. It's like a huge difference. It's a huge difference. It's a, we can have a rifle line. Like it's so great. And the talent is there. The kids are there. Like they're, they're there. They're learning. They're ready. They're like, okay, I get it. And you're right. I can see, I can see how people would go. Yes. These kids are the, you know, kind of the COVID kids that missed out on a couple of things and this, that, and the other. And it may take a minute or two for them to get out of their shell, but that's what college band is all about is getting out of your shell. Like that is Mm -hmm. what college is, is Finding yourself, like, you know, it, 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 if you can't do it there, like, where else you got to do it? You know what I mean? Like, it really is. It really is. Really resilient. Really resilient students. Um, really, really resilient band kids. Because I mean, they're really resilient human human beings just because they're so, they're, they're always put in a position where they have to be. So they have, they have mm-hmm. had that training. So it's good to see that um, they're really, uh, they fought back and they're really, or thriving. Um uh, incoming freshmen so it's exciting okay i think we saw the same thing happen in drum corps this summer too like all the different shows were so good meanwhile i was kind of expecting that for a while it would do we'd have to build drum corps back up and then like right away this year is like oh everyone's good and all the shows are good it's uh it's nice i wasn't expecting that coming out of the pandemic Let's get on to our gush and goes for the week. Steven, why don't you start us off? Yeah, sure. So I am gushing and going about the fact that I went to the first wedding of people from my age out baseline. Um, Out of the six of us, one of us have now gotten married, which is just like a, 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 it feels weird. I feel too grown. We all (laughs) seem so adult-like now, five years removed from drum corps. Um, so that's, what's up for me. It's weird. Um, 
Yeah, rite of passage. I see uh, Jeremy put in the chat, and I agree. It, it feels <laughs> like it's a, uh, it's good. I I look forward to attending all of the weddings of my bass drummers. Hopefully, we all shout out get to the married. bass drummers and make sure everyone <laughs> invites each other to their weddings. <laughs> I'd be worried Wait, about one of my buddies, though. If my oh. buddy Alec, I might need someone from the audience to help him out because uh, I don't know if he's if we're going to be able to get to a wedding <laughs> for him. Bando. If anybody wants to help him out, Alec, I hope you listen. You need help. Um, I would like to attend six weddings. So, <laughs> <laughs> Whitney, what do you want to gush about this week? Is it okay if mine's not super happy? Is that all right? It's whatever you want. Um, it's all about you. Well, I, I know I had posted in the chat that I lost a, a friend, but mm. she she was really important to um, a lot of people in the color guard community. Um, and she um, was a huge supporter and basically mom to um, the Zydeco family. And Zydeco hasn't been out now for this coming winter guard season will be 10 years that they've taken wow. off. Um, but she was just a, a wonderful human and she spent like the last month and a half in the ICU and, um, just kind of was, was struggling the past month or so. So I, I just want to like send some positive, um, energy out to her family and, um, yeah, she was, she was super important to a lot of people and just a, a wonderful, caring, giving, humble human. And, um, she's going to be greatly missed so um i'm I, um her her name is patsy simmons um she um i didn't i don't i don't know how much they're really like talking about it yet i haven't seen a lot of posts on facebook or anything yet um i think they were just kind of waiting for the family to like do their announcements and stuff first um but i think by the time this comes out we'll be all right but yeah patsy simmons um super awesome human and i just want to gush about how awesome she was as a human and yeah yeah our community is so small like just losing somebody like that is just it's heart-wrenching no matter even if you don't know them you you know that you know somebody who's like that and like that's just yeah mm -hmm. my heart goes out to you guys trevor what do you want to gush about this week um, I want to gush about um, the end of the summer marching band season, a.k.a. drum corps. Uh, congratulating all the amazing drum corps from world and open class and even the all-age corps are wrapping up right now uh, with mm -hmm. their seasons. Uh, congratulations to the, the members, the staff, the, the administrators, the support teams for, for getting back out there. Um, showing a level of consistency and hard work and dedication and putting out some great products like Steven just uh, talked about um, earlier. Um, it was, it was a, uh, it was a really uh, great season. And I you know I got the chance to, you know, see a lot of shows both on the flow marching and um, live in person. And it was just a really great experience. And um, yeah, it was a great DCI season. So congratulations. I'm gushing over all of you and giving you a, all a great big pat on the back. We'll have uh, Trish giving us the DCA dish later on in the show too. So she's going to have a nice recap. So anybody who wants to catch up on that, make sure you stay tuned. Um, I want to gush this week because we have something amazing going on in our small little town here coming up in April. Um, it's called Buck Nelson days and it's, the very first year we're doing this, it's kind of like, um, it's for the solar eclipse. It's happening on the solar eclipse on April 8th. And uh, it's also kind of like a UFO convention sort of thing. I bring what? it up. I know. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. And like, we have a really small town. Um, so like, lots of small town vibes, like the downtown storefronts and stuff like that. There's going to be a parade. Um, I bring it up, though, because... Spintronics is putting together a, a color guard and I want to invite any of our listeners who have any experience doing color guard and would like to come be a part of our parade. It is so short. It's like uh, we drove it and I think it's 1.2 miles. It's not a very long parade, um, but it's going to be huge there. The 
the they're predicting right now between the eclipse chasers and the ufo chasers we're going to have upwards of 50,000 people in our tiny tiny little town so what? yeah it's going to be a giant event um and so we're we're putting together this guard. If you're interested in doing, uh, being a part of this, go to spintronicsguard.org. If you have any experience, uh, <laughs> if you have any experience in spinning a flag, then sign up on our website because it's going to be, it's going to be such a cool, it's going to be such a cool thing. Flags will be provided. We're doing choreo choreography by video. We'll have rehearsal the day of the parade and it's just going to be really fun and yeah, Jeremy, if you want to come produce this parade, I know the parade organizers, so we can talk. <laughs> can we dress like an alien with the flag yes, or like a yes, fact, There's going to be a contest that day, like a costume contest. There's so much stuff. There's a there's like an art show contest. There's a costume contest. Um, there is someone from our town. He's passed away now, but his name's Buck Nelson, and we're kind of celebrating him. He was abducted by aliens. I want to say it was in like Whoa. the 50s. And so they're putting this big thing on to like celebrate his, like he's published a book and like uh, all of these things have happened. And like, he is celebrated at other UFO conventions as like someone who legitimately got abducted. So anyway, it's a really cool thing. Like I said, spintronicsguard.org under the events tab. If you want to come and spin, it's the, the, it's going to take place on April 8th. We're not charging anybody. You can buy a flag. If you want to buy one of the flags to take home, they're beautiful. We got them from guard closet. And uh, they have an eclipse design on them. So anyway, let's get back so, to rehearsal. Sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a probing experience. Oh boy! <laughs> well, I think that I think there's some more gravy to a to a grave here. If they're having a UFO costume party, they're probably they they just want the actual UFOs to be able to walk out, and you won't know it's them. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's get back to rehearsal. We'll be back in just a bit, and we'll have all of your news at that time. Hey, this is Christine Ream. And Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. That was a great rehearsal chunk. We have a new little fun thing to get to know our hosts a bit more. And Whitney and Trevor, I don't think either of you have been subject to this one yet. So let me know. Trevor, let's start with you. What part of the marching band show are you? That's a great question. Um, I am I'm the band kid who... You catch on a close-up who is in the most energetic, passionate part of the show who just has a lot of emotion on, on their face. I'm like, I it may be a couple, <laughs> there may be a couple of tears. There may be some yelling from excitement at the crowd for their appreciation for standing on their feet. But I'm like that last action shot that they zoom in on, and it's like super emotional because I'm this super emotional person so that's me i'm that band kid in the in the band show nice that's like the best part of being in the band show yes Absolutely. we love it that's perfect <laughs> Whitney, what about you uh i think i'm the flag feature i don't know which one mm. but may maybe like the end of the <laughs> opener flag feature just really like flag and i like a good flag feature and i feel like people are kind of not doing them as much and as frequently anymore so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the flag feature. That's my final I answer. 
love that. And I, yes, that is excellent. And I can totally see that with you too. <laughs> now let's go on to the news. First up, we have Trish with the final DCA dish for this season. Hi everyone, this is Trish with the DCA Dish. Well, the 2023 DCA season and DCA as we know it officially came to a close this past weekend in Rochester, New York. Congrats to the Reading Buccaneers for their undefeated world-class title, the Connecticut Hurricanes for their open-class title, and Rogues Hollow Regiment for winning A-class. DCI's outgoing executive director, Dan Atchison, was on hand to celebrate the transition to DCI All Age. It still remains to be seen how this will all work. Many questions still need answers. What will become of the alumni spectacular? Will there be divisions? However, there still seems to be tons of excitement. Some other notes, a classy touch by the Hawthorne Caballeros for putting the core in traditional uniforms for awards. I was glad to see the White Sabres take best guard and open as they were one of my favorites all season. Also, congrats to Bush's battery on the Showmanship Award. I remember back to the first show in Connecticut when they put on a show in the lot. Thanks so much for following DCA Dish all season, and I can't wait to be back next year with DCI All Age Dish. Yeah, so this weekend marks the very last true DCA finals, ladies and gentlemen. On a, and it usually takes place, of course, on Labor Day weekend. But next year, it's going to turn into or transition to the DCA All-Age uh, weekend. Basically, basically mm-hmm. if you don't know, DCI and DCA are combining, they're merging, uh, creating this great partnership. But this weekend marks the last true DCA finals uh, on Labor Day weekend. It's it's been around for such a long time. It's been happening on Labor Day weekend since, get this, 1967. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. That's a lot of history, right? Um, a lot of a lot of you may have some experiences with uh, loving the, the DCA shows, going to DCA shows yourself, participating in DCA shows as a performer, a staff member, or support staff. So thank you to all those folks. And it's great that we have this new relationship between DCI and DCA to turning into DCA All Age. So uh, make sure you make sure you show some love, show some acknowledgement for your DCA friends this weekend, and go out and support the shows. And um, it should be a really great weekend. Yeah, I think it's like so, so interesting trying to think about what's going to happen in this new DCI all age environment that we're coming into next year. Um, Like, I think it's so crazy just that these DCA groups, they're not going to have DCI members anymore because I'm so accustomed to people coming off of DCI tour and filling in the last couple weekends of the season at DCA. Mm, So, yeah. In a way, it's kind of going to level the playing field even further because it's not just going to be like uh, the biggest cores getting to fill out with a bunch of DCI folks. Everyone's going to just have to stick to who they have all summer long and just do the best with, that they can with even admittedly like less weekends to do, do it Do you with. think that other DCI cores are going to start all age groups because of this? Ooh, that's a really good question, Jackie. I, I don't know. I think it's going to take a little while for DCI cores to kind of f- see the lay of the field and see if they can actually kind of grow and 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 provide that kind of culture of you know pr- providing an all age core or some type of legacy core. I know that you know this past um, DCI championships weekend featured the DCI. Troopers Legacy Corps, and they yeah. did a really good job at at the, their semifinals performance, and there was a lot of interest um, around that group. Um, and traditionally, at DCI finals, you've seen like groups like that, or um, or Star of Indiana have alumni performances. Blue Coats had a huge alumni uh, performance um, two years ago, and so I think the interest is out there. Um, I think those DCI cores have to just really provide that uh that fertile ground and that support in order for that to happen i guess time would tell i think it's so cool because i i would love to exist in the future where all these cores that are regularly competing in dci have their alumni core which is all age 
maybe it just shows up for the last seven days of the season. Everybody flies out to Indy, treats it like a band camp with the competition at the end of it. But like, I feel like I could, you could figure out ways to do like a very minimal time commitment version of like getting the show together full of alumni and just like people that already marched get to go compete. I mean, we did just talk to the troopers about this last week on our show. So yes, absolutely. Steven, what do you got this week? (laughs) I have sad news. Actually, pulse percussion has announced that they will not advance any further on America's got talent, despite having received all yeses from the judges in their appearance on the show. What? Oh no. I, Yes. So I have two things for this one. Um, On one hand, I could see how maybe it was their own decision um, because it seems like a logistical nightmare. Um, (laughs) My understanding is that they all were able to like do an extra third block on Sunday evenings. People that were going to be involved in the America's Got Talent audition. And then the actual audition itself was still during the WGI season. So if the next shooting date for the next level of competition was going to be like during the summer, uh, most of these people are probably marching. It might've been practically impossible to put together an ensemble anyway. Um, but I've also heard people say that just cause you get four yeses on the show doesn't mean that America's got talent producers are actually going to like bring really? you into the next round. I've heard that the behind the scenes of that is a little bit more fuzzy. And they do a lot of picking and choosing what the next level of contest is going to be. So I don't know who made the decision. All I know is I'm sad about it. Would have loved to see them go out there and do it again. That's sad. You know, it's sad that they that they, they chose you know not to advance. But like, can we just give a, another round of props to like post percussion, their members and their staff mm-hmm. and their supporters for for getting that far and and for getting that notoriety and what that does for like the marching arts programs exactly. around the country like get, shining that light on them congratulations and thank you to like to those performers and, and, that, and those staff and those designers of, of that ensemble and what you did for the activity for sure it's probably the biggest uh public eye on drumline since drumline the movie if i had to guess i just can't imagine another context in which an indoor drumline would have been like seen nationally by non-band people That's that's a that's a good point. Props to Nick Cannon. Shout out to Nick Cannon. Close percussion picking it up. Challenging for bass drum five spot. That's yeah. That would be incredible. That's why we need DCI all age. But uh, Jackie, I think you have our next story. Yeah, and it's a pretty uh, a pretty solid eye on bands over here. It's the 2023 Pepsi Co national battle of the bands this competition was on saturday august 26th and uh my news story needs to reload because apparently my page died (laughs) um (laughs) so the uh the human jukebox from southern university won the hbcu legends and um they tied with Texas Southern, the Ocean of Soul. And then third place was Tennessee State, the Aristocrat of Bands. Fourth place, Langston University, Marching Pride. I, I feel like it's there have been so many more news stories about these HBCU, these huge HBCU competitions that occur mm-hmm. versus like the what what i would consider the the more popular style of band in our part of the country and no the show bands though they are out there they are putting in the work and they are absolutely killing it so i love to see this and and they're getting the sponsorships i mean this is sponsored by pepsi (laughs) yeah we have another story coming up in a minute here but it's the same it's barking up the same tree big 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 show band competitions I've I've been to a couple of the HBCU shows and competitions. It's, it is it is band o bando like <laughs> it is it is it is it is in the same vein as a typical BOA show as a 
WGI show. People are excited to be there. They're buying the uh-huh. merchandise. They're buying the, the audio recording, the posters, and, and the drumsticks and supporting supporting these groups that are selling out huge stadiums, whether they're in Houston or Atlanta or or Tennessee. They're selling they're selling 35,000 tickets to like each one of these events, and wow. people are showing up early season <laughs> to watch uh, these uh, amazing groups uh, throw down and, and compete um, against each other. And it's, it's, it's such a uh, amazing spectacle. So congratulations to all those groups for sure. Can I say what I think it is about this that attracts so many more people? Okay. So looking, just looking through like how these show bands are judged, it is so different than how like DCI is judged and how BOA is judged. There is an actual Mm. element of like the, they go through these different categories of they judge how you enter. They judge your transitions. They judge your presentation, your showmanship. They have like, they judge literally the cover downs of your drill. There's like judging on the technique of how you do things. And there's actually like standards of those that are set to to meet and and exceed and it's like i feel like they're the way that they look at both the technique and the precision and the artistry and combine it and judge both of those things i think that's the direction that we all need to go i I feel like that's how that's how gymnastics does it that's how ice skating does it you get judged on your artistry and you get judged on your technique and i feel like we just don't do that in dci or boa preach Hmm. Preach, snaps, coffee snaps. <laughs> so are you thinking that DCI should be more interested in judging like how groups carry themselves as they like enter and exit and like the whole experience of it in that regard compared to where they kind of are like evaluating at a very technical level today? I, I think I think it's got to be more of a of a combination of both. You know, we kind of look at we yeah. look at vocabulary, and we look at excellence a lot of times. We're like, okay, here's your vocabulary, mm-hmm. here's your excellence, but there's not right. like a set of like there's no standard that specifically says this is like an excellent group that does this and like there is there is our box system and that sort of thing, but the box mm-hmm. system is so open ended, you know, and, and it's so subjective i guess yeah that there's nothing objective you know you go to ice skating and you have this like specific you're going to get this many points for doing a jump with this many turns in it you know what i mean and so there's more of like a a, yeah there's more objectivity to it i don't know it's Mm -hmm. that's my that's my soapbox trevor you have our next story if you want to jump on that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this next story comes from our old stomping grounds uh, out of um, Alabama, pro- provided to us by the staff over at WALA um, out of Mobile, Alabama. So, guys, there's some great story, some great news, a great story out of Mobile for the University of South Alabama's Jaguar Marching Band. They will soon have a new home on campus. So get this, the university is unveiling plans to construct an innovative band complex to provide a permanent home for the marching band. Oh, my gosh. Such great news when a, a, another marching band around the country gets great facilities. Um, they said a VIP reception will be held um, next week uh, at the Hargrove Club at um, uh, Hancock Whitney Stadium to formally, formally announce construction of the new on-campus facility for this amazing program. Um, speakers will include the South uh, 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 South Alabama's president, uh, Joe Bonner, executive vice president, provost, uh, Dr. Andy Kent, and the Jaguar marching band director, uh, Dr. Will Peterson. Uh, Will's a great human being, had the opportunity to meet him a couple times. Um, it's great that he's, he'll be getting this new facility for his program. Uh, the band will perform a seven-minute halftime show uh, playing selections from the last 60 years um, of the University of South Alabama band. Um, the band is also, good, great news, celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. So it, it's, that's a nice little anniversary present. Um, the, the Jaguar Band Complex 
will encompass 24,700 square feet of space. That's huge. And construction will be completed uh, by the fall of 2026. They have to have to wait a little while, but the wait will definitely be worth it, I would imagine. Um, the estimated cost of this new facility for the Jaguar Band will be $7.5 million. Wow. Great to see the state and the university is investing in the arts, in the marching arts. That's a great thing for for um, for the folks who have chosen to dedicate their lives to, to the marching arts and to performing arts. Uh, the facility will house a full ensemble rehearsal hall, a drumline rehearsal studio, hey. a color yeah. Whitney, it will have a Whitney and Jackie it will have a color guard rehearsal studio. It will have dressing rooms for the members, a music library to store uh, to store all their library needs, uh, a central storage space to hold their uniforms, their instruments, their props, and other gear. In addition, this complex will also include a full size. Uh, lit practice field, identical to their stadium practice field at Abraham A. Mitchell Field at Hancock Whitney Stadium. That is so important oh to have an identical replica field as your practice field with logos and markings and, and how much easier that makes uh, the performance, yeah. their halftime performances. So congratulations uh, to the University of South Alabama Jaguar Marching Band for securing this new facility and everyone that pitched in at every level to make sure that this happened. Um, you can look up the story online and see the uh, beautiful facility. It is quite gorgeous. And, uh, yeah, bravo. Congratulations, Dr. Will Peterson, uh, director of that band. It's going to be a great facility, and I'm sure it will attract um, students to that campus and, and make sure that they're still involved in, in the band program at South Alabama. That's awesome. Attract students. Heck, it's attracting me. If anybody from the Jaguar marching band wants someone to come out and do some social media promo of their uh, new marching band complex, let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. Do y'all play bass drum? Sounds like you need a uh, correspondent. Uh, on a water break official tour. Let's go touring the marching band stadiums of America. I am down. I don't need anyone to tell me to go travel. But um, I have another uh, HBCU band story for you guys here. It's another battle of the bands. This one, in my opinion, though, is a little cooler. Because we've got lots of rappers involved. Um, oh? Yes. We've got an HBCU uh, marching band show in Houston at NRG Stadium just occurred this last weekend. Where they were also celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. So they were also alongside these different musical acts. Or alongside these different HBCU marching bands, we also had rap performances from Dougie Fresh, Slim Thug, Choppa, Lil Kiki, Zero, Doctor Miss or DJ Mister Rogers, and several more uh, acts as part of the lineup. So they were kind of alternating back and forth between having HBCU band performances and then actual live hip hop performances at NRG Stadium for what I'm imagining was quite a large crowd. Uh, the, the capacity of that stadium is 72,000. So they probably filled it out with at least a good 20 to 30 on one side of the stadium, I would bet. Um, but I think that's awesome because I don't ever see like marching band music, any of that kind of marching arts go and like actually interact and kind of blend into the regular music scene out there. So I think it's so cool to see like this kind of blended performance that they set up. It, it's really cool. I mean, I love Dougie Fresh and, <laughs> and my mom loves Dougie Fresh. So nice. like, it's great, to, it's great to see like, you know, students engaging with performers that they listen to. You yeah. know, that's like when you really get kids like bought in, like we, we ask our kids all the time, Hey, what tunes are you listening to? What tunes do you want to play? Or ask like the athletes that like, if you're part of an athletic band, Hey, what tunes are you listening to? Mr. Football captain or Mr. Basketball captain or whatever. And so we can like create a playlist. These students at, at this uh, show in Houston get to perform <laughs> with some yeah. of the 
listening to and how exciting is that and how exciting it is for uh, members of the crowd, the supporters of um, these these HBU show band shows to go and to get the best of both worlds. So I, I think it's just really great. That's inspiring, yeah. too. That's kind of what they were saying when uh, when asked about it. The creative uh, director and executive producer, Derek Weber, said that they are ecstatic to bring together the vibrant energy of HBCU bands with hip-hop pioneers, creating a unique synergy that honors the past while fueling the future, uh, which I oh, think I is that. yeah, really cool. Also... Just in case you already didn't like it enough, it also raised money to provide for scholarships. So, yes, incredible event that they put together. Uh, they should do it every year, not just on the 50th anniversary. They should just keep on doing it. Yeah, the closest thing I've ever heard of to something like this would be um, Contemporary Color, the David Burns. David Burns, right? Uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. I wish I could have gone and seen it live. I, I have it on DVD, which is which is mm. nice, but definitely like you can tell there was probably an incredible vibe there when all of those students got to perform next to some of their favorite uh, musical performers. And just the just the inspiration that would come from like that sort of experience you know you know some of these kids like you're saying you love doggy fresh that's probably their idol some of these kids so whitney what do you got for us this week all right so we have um the driver was sentenced for the crash that killed the southern university band members um that happened last december 7th and sentencing for the truck driver accused of a crash that fatally wounded members of the Southern University marching band happened after two emotional hours of victim impact statements in Louisiana. Clyde Gay um, drifted onto the interstate's northbound shoulder while traveling in his Freightliner and crashed into the vehicle, which was parked in the emergency lane. The accused had previously pled, uh, pleaded guilty to three counts of vehicular homicide, Gay was sentenced on Tuesday to five years in prison. Four years of that is suspended, which I feel like maybe isn't long enough. You killed three people. He is oh credited gosh, with what? 10 months time served. Gay was also ordered to surrender his commercial driver's license and is banned from ever getting his CDL reinstated. Each family is also to be paid $5,000 in restitution, which like $5,000 doesn't even cover the cost of a funeral, right? Like yeah. funerals are really expensive. He will also has, have to pay um, additional fines and court costs. Three members of the human jukebox were traveling back to Texas together on December 7th. The students stopped on I-49 to change a flat tire when uh, Gay drifted into the shoulder, striking and fatally injuring Tyron Williams, Dylan Young, and Broderick Moore, all from Texas. Well, that's pretty tragic. Um, yeah. Certainly sorry to hear that. Our condolences out to their family. Did it say if uh, the driver was intoxicated or I don't think so. just swerving? I, th I think he just drifted, as they do sometimes, which is terrifying. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you, I'm sure we've all been in that situation where you're driving down the road and suddenly there's a semi like coming into your lane. It is, it's, it's mm -hmm. very scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think five years is probably not enough time served. No, that's definitely $5,000 a family. It's like nothing. Nope. Well, hopefully maybe that will, uh, maybe that will deter some people though from, uh, falling asleep at the wheel or anything like that, you know, just not paying attention. Let's, uh, go out on a, a little more upbeat note. Let's bring our producer, Jeremy back in here. What you got for us, Jeremy? Well, I just wanted to quickly shout out. Uh, Trevor reminded me um, of uh, the the South Al Southern Alabama University band that's celebrating their uh, um, anniversary, being sixty years. Right, Southern Alabama sixty years. Well, the little band that I was talking about earlier, and this is why I like nicely tie it back in. The little band that I was talking about earlier, Widener University, is officially celebrating their five years this year that they've existed as their little, you know strong little southern south 
part of Mid-Atlantic Band. Um, really proud of them. And it's really exciting. We're having an alumni band for the first time, which is sort of crazy um, for homecoming. So I'm uh, I'm super excited to like put that all together. And like for anybody out there that has a college band, get that alumni band involved at homecoming. It's so important. It's so helpful to get the alumni to come back and help with like money and like just any sort of little thing is great. If you could get that alumni back, that's just like a a really important thing. And one of the things that we're doing, I just wanted to mention this is that we're having them march together in a show. And so when you do that, the smart way to do that is to teach our band is learning all the drill pages. And then the alumni band is going to kind of stand there. We'll move around them. (laughs) So we actually (laughs) are able to put sort of together a little mini show. Sort of quickly. Um, you know, really quickly um, and simply just just in a couple of hours. So if you are in a college band, support it from an alumni standpoint. If you like have don't have an alumni band with your college band, make sure you really start it. But shout out to Widener uh, for five years of like little amazingness. So they're just coming into their own, just just starting to walk, as they would say, as the little toddler that they are. <laughs> so. <laughs> Congrats on five years. That's, that's a that's a big deal. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. All right, everyone. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you so much to our hosts, Stephen, Whitney, and Trevor. Jeremy, thanks for jumping in on this one for us. Thank you to Trish for keeping us up on DCA. And congratulations to all of you who were participating this year. Everybody, go subscribe to our podcast, write us a review, and share this with a friend. Make sure you follow us on social media at On a Water Break, and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on a water break. Go practice.